Here we go. You're listening to Law and Gospel on this Monday, May the 3rd in the year of our Lord 2021. I'm Pastor Tom Baker, and we're taking a look at one of the readings for the following Sunday, the 6th Sunday of Easter on May the 9th, 2021. The first reading is from Acts 10, because during the Easter season, the Old Testament lesson is replaced with readings from the book of Acts, as after Jesus has ascended into heaven, we see how the Holy Spirit works faith in the hearts of people. The epistle is from 1 John chapter 5, and the Holy Gospel is from John chapter 15. We're going to be taking a look at Acts chapter 10, verses 34 to 48. Now, Concordia Publishing House makes available to churches the three readings on a sheet of paper, and on the other side is the introit, the collect of the day, the gradual, and daily readings. And when we take a look at the reading for Acts chapter 10, it begins, Peter opened his mouth. But if you take a look at the ESV Bible, which is this, this is a translation of, it begins, so Peter opened his mouth. So the word so is missing uh, because they want to keep it just in, in the context of what Peter was saying. But we need to take a look at why was Peter saying what he was saying? And that's found in the earlier parts of Acts chapter 10. This is when Peter is on a roof and he has a vision. He's hungry, wants something to eat. And while they are preparing a meal for him, he sees the heavens open, a great sheet descending and in it were all kinds of animals and reptiles and birds of the air. And a voice came to him, rise, Peter, kill and eat. Peter said, by no means, Lord, for I have never eaten anything that is, that is common or unclean. So this would have been food that was considered in the Old Testament books to be common or unclean. The voice came to him a second time. What God has made clean, do not call common. And it occurred a third time. Now, Peter was really perplexed as to what the vision might mean. And then there are some men who came to see him who were sent by Cornelius. Now, who's Cornelius? Well, Cornelius was a Gentile, and they said, verse 22, Cornelius, a centurion, an upright and God-fearing man, he's well-spoken by the whole Jewish nation, was directed by a holy angel to send for you to come to his house and to hear what you have to say. So here again, we have an angel, just like an angel had come to Mary. An angel came to Cornelius and told him to invite Peter to his house. Now, Peter goes to the house of Cornelius, 
And when Cornelius meets him, he falls down at his feet, and Cornelius worships Peter. But Peter says, stand up. I also am a man. And when he went in with Cornelius, he found many individuals who had gathered together. And he said to them, you yourselves know how unlawful it is for a Jew to associate with or to visit anyone of another nation. But God has shown me that I should not call any person common or unclean. Yeah, here's a great example how people can have a right interpretation of the Bible, but not not realize the application. Peter himself, he interpreted that this was unclean food in this vision coming down from heaven. He interpreted correctly he was told to eat, but he was perplexed. It reminds us of when Philip met the Ethiopian eunuch, reading from the book of Isaiah. He understood the words, but he didn't know who Isaiah was talking about. A sheep led to the slaughter, etc. And he said, how can someone know this unless there is a guide? And that's why God has indicated the guides are male pastors that he has given to the church who believe the Holy Scriptures. So Cornelius tells Peter, four days ago, I was praying in my house. A man stood before me in bright clothing, said, Cornelius, your prayer has been heard. Send therefore to Joppa and ask for Simon, who is called Peter. So I sent for you at once and you have been kind enough to come. Now, therefore, we are all here in the presence of God to hear all that you have been commanded by the Lord. In other words, we're here to hear you what the Lord has commanded you to say. And then begins the reading for Sunday. In the original, it's, So Peter opened his mouth, And in the reading, it just says, Peter opened his mouth. But the reason so isn't there, because we don't have the background of Cornelius. But now we gave you the background. So now we know why Peter said what he had to say. Because Cornelius was saying, tell us everything what God has commanded you to say. Peter opened his mouth. We're beginning with verse 34 and said, Truly, I understand that God shows no partiality, but in every nation anyone who fears him and does what is right is acceptable to him. How many times have you begun witnessing about Jesus Christ with such a statement? Well, first of all, God shows no partiality. That became obvious to Peter with the unclean food that had been brought down. And he realized, well, God doesn't call anyone unclean or common. They all can be part of the kingdom of God. And so even though 
the rules of Judaism were not to associate with Gentiles. Therefore, Peter was going against the rules, but he was sharing the message. He goes on, anyone who fears him. Now, you would think it would be the word anyone who believes him. Now, we're going to get to that, but why does Peter first say fear? Jesus gives us an insight. Remember, Scripture interprets Scripture. In the Gospel according to Mark, what Jesus says is that his mission is to preach about repentance and the gospel. Why repentance? Because like John the baptizer, he was sent to prepare people for the hearing of the gospel, which is what? Well, part of it is the forgiveness of sins. Nobody will want the forgiveness of sins if they don't realize that they are a sinner. And the more you realize how sinful you are, the more you fear God, because he has the right to send you to hell. And therefore, there's a fear in individuals when you preach the law. Uh, today in our country, United States, there's a lot of people who just disagree with the will of God in many areas. And you know what I'm talking about. And therefore, they don't fear God because they say, well, I can live this immoral life because this is the way I was born. And God would not have allowed me to be born in this way had he not allowed it to be a good work, what I am doing. Because I really love the other person, etc. And so outside of marriage, many other things, people are disobeying the will of God. It's because they don't fear God, because they don't think they have any reason to fear him. They have made up a God that they don't fear because they don't agree with the Bible's view of God and the commandments. So what Peter is saying, those who fear him and then do what is right is acceptable to him. Well, does that mean that you are always obeying the will of God in everything? Of course not. What does it mean to do what is right? When you fear God, it's because of your sin. What is doing right? Doing right, <clears throat> excuse me, involves repentance, sorrow, contrition over sin. Not blaming somebody else for it, but taking the full responsibility for that sin and turning to God for help. That is meant what is doing right, and that is acceptable to him. Verse 36, as for the word that he sent to Israel, preaching good news of peace through Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all. You yourselves know what happened throughout all Judea. Now, what Peter is talking about is here's Cornelius. He at first worshiped Peter, thinking he was God, and now he's finding out he's not God. 
and he's afraid of his sin. And so what's the good news? It's the good news of peace. Now, that ought not be a surprise to you. What were the first words that Jesus said to the disciples on the night of the resurrection? Peace be to you. And it says the disciples were glad in their heart because they expected that Jesus would have really reprimanded them for deserting him in the Garden of Gethsemane, for betraying him, for denying him, for not being at the cross except for one individual, John. So they were not looking forward to the return of Jesus, hearing from the women that he had been raised from the dead. They were really frightened. So imagine Jesus says, peace be to you. And that peace isn't referring to a really peaceful time here on earth. No, as the Beatitudes show, blessed are those who are persecuted. When you stand up for Jesus, you need to realize that you will be persecuted for that. People will make fun of you. People may even harm you, as is happening to many Christians throughout other parts of the world. So, He's preaching the good news, that's how we talk about the gospel, of peace. And how do we have peace with God the Father? Well, that dividing wall of hostility we erected by means of our sin. uh, Peace, therefore, indicates that we are now at peace with God, as the Bible teaches God is reconciled to us because of the death of Jesus Christ on the cross. He paid for the sins that should have been ours. And all those who therefore fear him and are repentant are acceptable to him. And therefore, we're seeing this in the hearers of John the baptizer, many of them who were repentant. And remember what John says, I'm baptizing you with water, but there's somebody coming after me who will baptize you also with the Holy Spirit, referring to Jesus. Well, getting back to what Peter is saying to the centurion and his group of people, preaching good news of peace, you yourselves know what happened throughout all Judea, beginning from Galilee, After the baptism that John proclaimed, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Now, see, Jesus was born as a man, and he had the limitations of humanity. He was still God, and at any time he could have used his divine attributes. But it is clear that he was given the Holy Spirit at his baptism. Remember, the spirit in the form of a dove alighted upon Jesus. And it is clear that therefore he became sin for us because that baptism he underwent was a baptism of repentance, not for his own sin, but for the sin of every person in the world. And boy, did he have power. He immediately began healing people, getting rid of demons, 
raising people from the dead. In fact, Peter says, he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. This is important to remember, that those Christians who have been baptized, you also have God with you. And you have the ability, therefore, to be oppressed by the devil, but to withstand it, for God is with you. Peter says, And we are witnesses of all that he did, both in the country of the Jews and in Jerusalem. They put him to death by hanging him on a tree. Now, from the Old Testament, those who are hung are cursed. But God raised him on the third day and made him to appear, and not to all the people, but to us who had been chosen by God as witnesses, who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. Uh, Remember, the disciples are fishing in a boat, and they see an individual on the shore, and he says, come and eat. Peter recognizes him as Jesus and jumps in the water and swims to him immediately. And sure enough, he eats with them. In fact, the very night of the resurrection, he showed them that he was a human being by eating some fish. And then what did he command them? Well, that's throughout the scripture, but particularly, go therefore and baptize all nations, teaching them. Verse 42, Peter says it this way. And he commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one appointed by God to be judge of the living and the dead. To him. All the prophets bear witness that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. To believe in Jesus means more than to believe what he is saying. It means also to believe that he is the one that God the Father appointed to be judge of the living and the dead. Yes, on the day of judgment, it's Jesus who will be our judge. And that's a wonderful thing to know because Jesus loves us and he is the one who will testify on our behalf that our sins have been forgiven. And all the prophets bear witness. Really, really important. Uh, One of the items that we can receive in the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, is called the Lutheran Witness. Comes out each month. The March 2021 Lutheran Witness is entitled, Written in the Word, Rejecting the Many Forms of Superstition. And we talked a little bit about that on Thursday with Wes Reimnitz 
when we were talking about how many people are starting to use tarot cards, T-A-R-O-T. These are decks of cards that have various pictures and emblems on each card, and you shuffle them, and then you're taught how to read them. For what reason? To tell your future, to give you hope, to give you comfort. See, that's the work of the devil. He loves to use superstition because that's a demonic form of moving you away from Jesus Christ. It's a, a great edition of the Lutheran Witness, and we would encourage you to get one. You can get it uh, by going to lcms.org, type in Lutheran Witness, and obtain a copy or, if possible, obtain a whole year's subscription to be mailed to your house. Well, Peter is therefore telling these Gentiles that anyone who believes in Jesus Christ as the Messiah, as the Christ, as the one who brings forgiveness of sins, receives the forgiveness of sins through his name. Now, when did that occur? Baptism. I baptize you into the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And therefore, you become a brother or sister of Jesus Christ. Now, Peter is preaching, and he's doing a lot more than just what is in the text. But while he is saying these things, the Holy Spirit falls on all who are hearing the word. And we're talking about, obviously, the Gentiles. For they, remember, thought that Peter was God, centurion worshiping before him. There were, verse 45, believers from among the circumcised who, were, who had come with Peter, and they were amazed. Now, what we're talking about are Jews. They had been circumcised, and there were a number of Jews who, when they became Christians, they were teaching, well, even the Gentiles need to be circumcised. They need to follow the ceremonial laws, etc. Well, Paul really shows that that is not at all necessary. And so here are these Gentiles who received the Holy Spirit in the same way that the disciples of Jesus received him at Pentecost. And not through baptism, but the Holy Spirit fell on them and they began to speak in other tongues. And it says, the believers from among the circumcised who had come with Peter were amazed because the gift of the Holy Spirit was poured out even on the Gentiles. In Acts 15, they have a big conversation as to whether or not the Gentiles would be forced to follow the ceremonial laws. And this is evidence given that no, the Holy Spirit fell even on them. Now, how do we know that? Verse 46, the Jews who were with Peter were hearing the Gentiles speaking in tongues and extolling God. Remember that speaking in tongues took place also at Pentecost. 
And then, what, 6,000 people were baptized and received the gift of the forgiveness of sins and the gift of the Holy Spirit. So, baptism occurred after those folks had received the gift of the Holy Spirit. And Peter declares in verse 47, can anyone withhold water for baptizing these people who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. And the way to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ is to follow the Matthew 28, I baptize you into the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Now, what do you think was the response of the Gentiles? Well, the last phrase in this lesson, then they asked Peter to remain for some days. Well, I guess you would. You hear some of the greatest news that you have ever heard, that you who fear God because of your sin now hear of the gift of the forgiveness of sins. You hear how peace has come to you. This is a gift, and it isn't earned by any works you've done. It is a free gift that God gives. You're saved by grace through faith on account of Jesus Christ. And so you can understand how the Gentiles were rejoicing at what Peter said to them. And that's why on tomorrow's Law and Gospel with Mark Smith, we'll look at the hymn, Dear Christians, One and All Rejoice. I'm Tom Baker. God bless you. Listen to Law and Gospel each weekday morning at 930 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law and Gospel, please make your check payable to Concordia Mission Society and mail it to Tom Baker, P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri 63132. To give online, visit lawandgospel101.com or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. If you'd like to comment on programs or topics heard on Worldwide KFUO, write us at KFUO, 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can also leave a question or comment on our comment line at 314-996-1542. We are the messenger of good news, Worldwide KFUO.